0: Before you start adding amendments to your soil, you first need to have a goal in mind, a goal to help you lay out the groundwork for that ideal soil. But wait, what is the ideal soil anyway? Today I'm going to help you figure out what that ideal soil is and understand the importance of having a goal before you just throw amendments at the problem. Let's get growing. Hello and welcome to the Pray Just Plant podcast, a show that talks about growing. Growing a garden, a homestead, and most importantly, growing closer to God. I'm your host, Crystal Mediate, owner of the Red Ridge Farm Homestead, located at the foothills of the beautiful Bighorn Mountains in Wyoming, USA. Our mission here at Red Ridge Farm is to help women of faith find the courage to grow healthy food for their family while building a closer relationship with our Lord and Savior. If that's you, don't let the world hold you back. Pray just plant. Welcome to the Prey Plant Podcast. I am your host, Crystal Media, and today in season two, episode three, we're gonna be talking about ideal soil. Now, two episodes ago, we talked about soil health and the definition of soil health. I'm gonna be building on that today so if you, if it feels like you need to catch up maybe, or things are just not clicking, go ahead and go back and listen to that episode first. It is season two, episode one, what is soil health? And then hopefully everything will start coming together for you. So in that, when we're, I'm gonna recap a little bit about it. In that last time, we talked about that there's two ways to measure soil health, and that the first way is by how your plants grow in that soil, and then the second is the life in your soil. So if we look at what your plants grow or how they grow in your soil, how they're doing, then we can easily see that if our soil is connected to how well our plants grow, then we can use those plants and what a plant needs as our groundwork in figuring out what ideal soil is. Because remember, one way we, we test for soil health and measure it is because it's, it's off what the soil produces. So there is a list of about 15 micronutrients plants need to sustain plant life. And knowing this list and the percentages needed for each will help you understand what your soil needs to grow those delicious veggies. But why is knowing the ideal health so important? So I told you that measuring soil health is difficult because of every area and every garden is different. But what a plant needs to grow, to produce its fruit, to produce seed, to mature and then become an adult plant is a constant. All plants need it. Every plant that you choose to grow, flowers, tomatoes, every single one of them grows in size they grow a some kind of fruit that produces their seeds they grow to see, seed head they grow to production and every single one of them needs a constant nutrients they need co- a constant number of nutrients they need the same nutrients so it's kind of a finite set of rules that can't be changed but can be measured so this gives you Something to aim for when you're trying to improve your own soil health. It's kind of like a goal or a roadmap of sorts. So your plants are going to lay out that roadmap for you so you know exactly what you need to put in your soil to make sure that they're doing the plant can produce and do what they need to do. With this understanding of the plant, in a way, it's telling us exactly what is needed and therefore what needs to be in our soil to grow and produce the fruits, our tomatoes, our pumpkins, our squash, what is needed. You can find out what your soil has and how close it is to that ideal soil, or what I really want to say ideal soil is is the ideal nutrients that your plants need to grow by doing a simple soil test. It's very simple. And um, I'm going to be talking about how to do a soil test in a few episodes from now. But but first, I want to share with you a story of how understanding what plants need is so important when it comes to soil health. Now, I might have shared this story a couple episodes ago, but I just want to really reiterate how all these connections with um, what a plant needs to grow is so important. So the for the past few years, I would probably say the past 5 years, I've been dealing with blossom end rot in my tomatoes. Now blossom end rot is a sign of calcium deficiency or the plant is not getting the calcium it needs. It has it's a lack of calcium because right there at the blossom end is where a lot of calcium is formed in your tomatoes. And so when that isn't available for that part of the tomato to form, it will thus rot, and that is blossom end rot. So it's a lack of calcium. But the problem was, is when I did do my soil test, I had plenty of calcium in my soil. Now, before I did my soil test, I did all sorts of things to try to figure out why this was happening. May, you know, I thought, sure, this is a sign that there's no p- so, there's no calcium in my soil. This is what my plant is telling me, right? So I did things like, placing eggshells in the hole before I planted my tomatoes. I sprayed my tomato leaves with calcium bicarbonate, that's Tums, and so that would help it absorb it more quickly. I even diluted some of my goat milk and poured it at the base of all my tomato plants. But all of those things didn't work. And now remember, I told you I had plenty of calcium in my soil. So the soil the soil had it. It need, The plant needed it. And the soil had it. And even though I was throwing all these extra calcium things at it, the plant was still not absorbing the calcium. So there had to be something else. So I tried even because another sign of it is sporadic watering. So if you don't have a consistent, remember that our plants get the nutrients from the soil from what I like to call soil sludge, which is water and nutrients mixed together that suck up through the roots and then into the plant and then the water evaporates, and the nutrients are left behind. So another idea of how to ch- to fix blossom end rot is that your tomatoes are not getting enough constant water, so the sludge isn't being able to take the p- calcium that's in the soil up into the plant. So I put my um, tomatoes on a very strict watering schedule. I place them underneath some a mobile greenhouse so that I didn't have to worry about rain changing the water schedule or the water number, the amount of water that my tomatoes were getting. But this still didn't work. In fact, tried all of these things this last season, trying to get ahead of this blossom and rot. But it wasn't until I went back and really looked at my soil test and realized something. I knew that there was calcium there, but I also knew that I was low on nitrogen, but it just didn't connect that because my plants were low on nitrogen, which is a very fundamental nutrient, they just didn't have enough nitrogen to even do the work to bring in the calcium. So my soil test told me I had plenty of calcium and things weren't working. And it was because I still had an imbalance of another nutrient that my plants needed. So my soil was deficient of nitrogen. So once I fixed that problem, once I fixed the nitrogen problem, it was like I unlocked this, um, I don't know if you've ever locked your keys in your car or and you, you can't get into them it was the same way that my tomatoes were looking at this calcium in the soil. They could see they this is figuratively. It, with the soil, the calcium was there, but because they didn't have the key, the nitrogen to unlock it and have the ability to use the calcium that was there. It was like they were locked out and they were staring at the keys inside the car because they could see it and they could see what they needed. I, as the gardener, just couldn't see it. So the key to this lack of calcium was my lack of nitrogen. And once I fixed that, and I did that by spraying the leaves with fish poop, my my plants, it was like within a week, the tomatoes that formed after like the second nitrogen fertilization that I did, they had no blossom end rot. It was that quick of a change that it w- it was just, it was amazing. And it goes back to that fundamental that your plants need ideal nutrients and nitrogen is one of the top three. And so it was something that my tomatoes desperately needed. So it all goes back to that idea that the ideal soil needs to have all those nutrients all those proper plant nutrients to help it develop those plants that you are trying to grow. So I could really say that the i the definition of the ideal soil is a goal, the goal of having all the nutrients that your plants need in your soil. And it's a constant and that you could measure it by doing a simple soil test. So if you want to learn more about my story with my garden, my story about my soil health journey, you can check out my book, Dirt, Finding the Solution to Building Soil Health. I will put the link in the description. And now it is time for the tips and tricks segment of this episode, where I share a few bonus tips and tricks I use here at Red Ridge Farm. This week's bonus tip and trick is brought to you by the Soil Health Workshop. Next week, April 16th, I am holding a free workshop all about soil health at 5 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Now, if you are listening to this way ahead of this, you've probably missed the soil workshop, but I do do a free workshop every month. So still go ahead and check out the link in the description box, www.redridgefarm.org backslash waiting list, and you will find the new and current free workshop for this month. So my tip to you, and it goes all about what we're talking about with soil health, is to do a soil test. I know for years I was very hesitant about doing a soil test, but it is spring, it is about the first week of April, and it is a perfect time to get out there, get your soil tested, and do it before you add anything to your soil so that you can have a very ground base of what you need to be doing so that when you're ready to plant, you're going to have your list of amendments that you're gonna need, you're gonna have the amount of compost that you're gonna need, all those will be ready when you are out in the garden really working hard to get everything planted. So my tip to you is to get your soil test done. So we've talked about the ideal soil health and how that is connected to the ideal nutrients your plants need. So now we're going to talk about understanding the life in your soil. So Even though those nutrients are there, if we don't have the second way to measure our soil health, if we don't have life in our soil, it is really hard for those nutrients to be available for our plants. First of all, life makes the difference between having soil and having dirt. Second, life in the soil is going to help you break down those nutrients in your soil so that they are the proper size and form for your plants. We're going to talk about that soil sludge again. Nutrients in your soil and even the natural amendments that are added to your soil to improve your soil health are usually the wrong size for plant absorption. Plants need a liquid diet filled with micronutrients and nutrients that build soil health and are just not that small to begin with. So when you go out to your garden and you sprinkle your fertilizer that you have figured out that your soil needs, all of those are what your soil needs, are what your plants need, but they're not going to be able to get to your plant with, without the microorganisms in your soil. So that's where the life part of this comes comes in and being and becomes so important. And that's why it's really important to measure both sides of this to get that ideal soil. Since we're talking about fertilizers, I'm just gonna say a really quick side note here. That this is why using chemical fertilizers are only going to be a quick fix. Because if you use a chemical fertilizer like Miracle Grow or some kind of artificial nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium, those are going to be quick fixes because they're going to be easily dissolved in the water. But that means once they're absorbed and used, they're gone. They aren't there for the long haul. That's where your natural fertilizers are going to be there for the long haul because they're going to slowly break down. By the microorganisms. So I just want you to realize that if you choose to use a chemical fertilizer, that you are going to be just using them for a very quick fix. And if you're really trying to build that ideal soil and build ideal soil health, you are going to need to use those natural nutrients. And I should also, I guess, need to really explain that natural nutrients, I use the word natural and not organic because. Organic means that they come from plants or a plant's death. That doesn't count for things like rock phosphate, which are an actual mineral or other minerals that are a part of rocks and debris of rocks, pretty much. So, by saying natural nutrients, natural fertilizers, is kind of putting them both, their organic and minerals together and call them natural nutrients. Let's get back to the soil sludge that is needed for plants to get their proper nutrients. Plants need a liquid diet, but not all of the proper nutrients come in this form naturally. They don't come in this liquid form naturally. So that is where the microorganisms come in. They break down these large nutrients and make them readily available for your your plants. Why is it so important to use natural nutrients? The answer is that they're gonna be retained in the soil longer. And I know I've just discussed that, telling you the difference between chemical and natural. But this is important in building your soil health. Soil health takes time to build. And it's like the most important factor because you're not building that quick fix. Like I said before, soil is an ecosystem of living organisms that work together. And to build that ecosystem, you're going to need time. Things that were built in the day never last longer than a day. So when you take that time to build your soil health, you are essentially truly changing dirt into soil, and that takes time. So how do we measure microorganisms or life in your soil? Well, we first have to see how a soil ecosystem what it is, and how it functions. So a soil ecosystem is full of both living and non-living matter, with a number of interactions happening between the two. You have your microorganisms, but you also have your worms, your fungi, and the list could go on and on. The diversity and the abundance that exists in your soil is greater than any other ecosystem on earth. We know that this life breaks down nutrients in what is called the nutrient cycle. But this itself can be only measured by what it produces from the soil. And that brings us back to the first way soil health is tested. I told you that there was another way. So that must mean that soil has other cycles that we can use, right? That nutrient cycle really goes back to the plant, but there's other cycles we can look at. We're gonna look at that right after the Growing with God segment of this episode where we talk about building a relationship with our Lord and Savior. This week's verse is 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. It is really hard in these times, even when we are talking about our faith, or even when we're talking about growing our own food, we have to be on guard about the little things that can creep in. I know personally, it's really easy when you're driving home from a late meeting, or you've done some activity in town with your kids to drive by Wendy's and stare at it and go, oh, wouldn't it be so easy to drive through there and get something for supper? It is. It is so easy to steer off the path of healthy food. And it's very easy to steer off the path of our faith. There is news that we watch. There are TV shows. There are so many things that can easily come into our homes and persuade us to not stand firm in our faith, not be courageous, not be strong. So we have to be on guard. We have to stand firm in our faith even in the little times when we're tired at night and we just want to watch this movie or a friend suggests we need to, we should go do this and it sounds so cool, or driving past Wendy's. It takes courage. It takes courage not listening to your kids saying, oh, but mom, their hamburgers are so good. Oh, but mom, can't we just please? It is so easy to get stirred off of that path. So I just want you to remember this week to 1 Corinthians 16, 13, to be on your guard and stand firm in your faith. Be courageous and be strong. So as we talked about before, soil health and ideal soil health all has to go back to our plants and what our plants need to survive and the living organisms in our soil. So how do we measure soil life, one way was by the nutrients, right? If our nutrients are being broken down and our plants are doing really well, then there must be life in our soil. But there's also other ways we can test that. And it can be by looking at the other cycles, because remember, soil is an ecosystem. And if we look at our whole earth, we have different cycles in the whole earth that can be used also in our soil. Soil is part of the water cycle. Soil is part of the nitrogen cycle and the carbon cycle. All of these cycles were probably covered in like your high school earth science class. But today we're going to focus on the carbon cycle. I'm sure while sitting in that class, you thought how will knowing how dinosaurs turn into coal and diamonds ever be so important that you would use this information in real life? I know I did. But once I became a gardener, it, it just really opened up my eyes into these simple things that we learned long ago. What I mentioned with the dinosaurs and stuff is the geological carbon cycle. And that takes a really long time. And that's really not it. But I want you to, to get thinking about the carbon cycle. And so we're going to talk about the other carbon cycle that we learned about that is happening right now. This carbon cycle, the biological-physical carbon cycle, occurs over days, over weeks, over months, over years. It involves the absorption, the conversion, and the release of carbon by living organisms through photosynthesis, respiration, and decomposition. Essentially, your compost pile. This carbon cycle is happening in your compost pile. And when you add compost to your garden, it's also happening in your garden. So photosynthesis is the performance- is performed by plants, of course, and the respiration is the living organisms in your soil, but decomposition is done by the organisms in your soil. So, photosynthesis is by your plants, respiration is the living organisms, and then decomposition is what your living organisms are doing. Decomposition is another job that the organisms do and can be measured by the organisms themselves. By testing your decomposition, a gardener tests the amount of and the quality of life in their soil. And I'm going to tell you exactly how to test for this in a future episode. But I just want you to see this connection of that. It may seem like I took a long way to get to where pretty much you need to do soil test. What it's doing is it's showing you why it is so important. I wanted just you to see that this information is something that you already know and that you don't have to depend on some other expert and that you can be the expert of your own garden soil. You can test your soil health and know exactly what to do. You do not need to depend on me. You will be the expert of your own soil because you know all these things. All of these things are something you have learned. All of these things are something that you can easily see in your soil. I wanted to walk with you through this journey to show you that you can find the ideal soil. You can build your own soil health by just simply knowing the what to measure and how to measure it. So I just want to do a quick recap. Your ideal soil is soil that has all the nutrients in it, your plants need to grow. And because we know that plants need a finite definition of about 15 micronutrients, we know exactly what your ideal soil needs, what should be in your ideal soil. And we also know that in measuring soil health, we measure it two ways. In what our plants produce, and also the life in our soil, and that you know how that life can be measured by the decomposition of the carbon cycle that you know all about. And if you would like to learn more and be more in depth and really connect all of these, this string together, then please don't hesitate to check out my book, Dirt, Finding the Solution for Building Soil Health. Um, I'll put the link in the description. And as always, Thank you for joining me today here at the Pray Just Plant Cod podcast. And if this is the first time you've joined us, welcome to the Red Wrench Farm community of fellow growers. And as always, don't let the world hold you back. Pray just plant.